Hey everyone, welcome to the new episode of Cybersecurity Podcast by Yasashwi. Today we have one of the greatest minds of the country. He's a great scholar, got many patents under his name, a computer science professor at IIT Kanpur. We talked about India's cyber potential, cyber threats that we are vulnerable to, Pegasus spyware and a lot more. Do listen to this podcast till the end. It's going to be one of the longest podcast episode, but it's worth it. Dr. Sandeep Shukla sir for you guys. Enjoy the podcast. Mr. Sandeep Shukla sir, thank you so much for accepting our invitation for being the guest of this episode. I know that this episode is going to be one of the most knowledge packed episode and after this podcast is done i can say that this is a iit kanpur backed episode so make sure listeners you hear it and watch it very well so without uh, before getting into much technicality of how to secure what to secure why to secure what happened that this entire concept of cyber security came into picture any sure yeah yes so um you know that uh, back in 1989 uh, we used to have this unix based uh, ser- uh, servers desktops etc uh, at universities the computer was not very common otherwise uh, so uh, there was this uh, student in berkeley uh, who actually uh, found that uh, in uh, there was a program called finger and the finger program uh, if you use it you could say you could see who is uh, logged into uh, uh, which uh, machine and uh, there was a buffer overflow bug in that program and uh, he actually exploited that and that was one of the probably first uh, well published uh, example of a cyber attack by exploiting a buffer overflow bug so people before that uh, when they were designing the unix system designing the various libraries for unix or uh, like in berkeley atnt uh, ibm and many other places uh, also tcp ip was being uh, designed people did not think about cyber security or at least to that extent that they were uh, aware of uh, the various ways uh, various flaws in the programs as well as in the design could be exploited and soon after that uh, this uh, uh, various other small uh, problems started uh, surfacing but it is not until around uh, year 2000 when uh, certain companies in the us they started having this uh, uh, bug uh, submission websites and these bug submission websites uh, started uh, becoming quite big and then it started soon after that it started uh, monetizing the uh, the bugs that were found and in the same time at the same time the uh, nsa the national uh, security agency in the us uh, they have been pretty active since the early days of cryptography so in 1970s 80s and so on so cryptography was main mainstay of cybersecurity uh, in the in the in those days but soon uh, they started finding that through this bugs they could actually uh, bug people's computer phones etc 
And therefore, uh, there started to be a marketplace for vulnerabilities. And this became quite out of hand by uh, 2008, 2009. And then Iranian nuclear uh, you know, facility uh, in Nantes, uh, they, that was actually attacked with a Stuxnet uh, worm, uh, which was pretty devastating. It actually had effect on the physical uh, you know, components, the, the centrifuges of uranium enrichment. And this led to uh, white, and, and it was actually done uh, through nation state attacks, but eventually this particular worm came out in the wild and it kind of started attacking throughout the world. And people started uh, sitting up and taking notice that this is now going to become a full-fledged cyber war. And, uh, by, but before, even before this, uh, the uh, Russian hacker groups like the uh, one that did the, uh, uh, the Zeus botnet, they were using botnets by, by installing botnets on people's computer. They were exploiting, uh, you know, uh, through Kriki logger and other ways, they were getting people's credit card information, bank account uh, credentials and so on. And they made huge money through that. But uh, I would say that around 2009-10, it started taking a very uh, uh, cynical uh, uh, shape because uh, you know attackers all over the place around the world. Uh, they there was a marketplace for uh, vulnerabilities, zero-day vulnerabilities, zero-click vulnerabilities, and so on. And this has become now uh, you know has become a, a kind of out of hand situation right now. Uh, you know, every day, if you read the technical news, uh, you know, every day there are multiple very large scale attacks and uh, situation has become pretty grave. And now without having cognizance of cybersecurity as a discipline and uh, also for without doing cybersecurity for any company, even small scale companies, we cannot really uh, hope to survive in the business. So that's the, uh, you know, in short, a kind of my uh, own uh, observations on cybersecurity over the, over the period of my uh, career. So, so that was absolutely uh, very great because you are from the generation who has seen the transformation, the evolution of cybersecurity. I am of that, that generation that is born when cybersecurity has already evolved at a certain point. Right. Correct. And people of mm. my generation, we just consume the contents. We are, uh, most of us are very unaware that whether mm -hmm. the thing we are consuming it, the software that we are putting into our machines, whether it is to be trusted or not. Like, for example, many of us install pirated softwares like pirated MS Office in a hope that we are, we don't have to pay for that amount that Microsoft is asking for and we can enjoy office for free. So what is the concept behind that? Is it just only the software or some other software can also be binded with that pirated one? Oh, so that that is uh, actually happening quite a bit, right? So for example, when Windows 11 came, came out, the people were getting uh, links uh, which said that they are getting a uh, uh, getting an advanced version of Windows 11 for testing, etc. But when they downloaded, they were basically completely, you know, uh, ex exploited or uh, compromised. 
but uh, uh, we had a case uh, last year one phd student from another department came to us her her machine was uh, her laptop which had all her thesis work was ransomware and eventually we came to know the way it happened is that she was uh, she downloaded a pirated version of a popular you know uh, graphing software or or uh, some uh, software that they require in biology and uh, this uh, software was actually uh, she downloaded from an unauthentic source of course because it's pirated and uh, that was that had the ransomware in built into it so then she was completely compromised and she had no backup unfortunately so it was a pretty uh, sad situation and this uh, ransomware did not have a uh, antidote uh, available as of then so she lost all her data so so pirated software today attackers know that people use pirated software and therefore they actually uh, put that put that kind of payloads inside pirated software and attract people by phishing and other ways uh, to actually download it their version of the pirated software and compromise people they can put keyloggers they can put uh, you know bot bots they can put uh, backdoors trojans etc in on the on your machine so pirated software is one of the most dangerous things to download in today's cybersecurity environment also uh, even if it's not pirated so uh, i don't know if you have seen that yesterday only npm uh, was compromised uh, in uh, some packages in compromised we have seen python packages well known python libraries being compromised these are open source software that we download assuming that the open source uh, community is uh, is maintaining its uh, its correctness security etc but many times because these are community uh, maintained some rogue element might actually slip in uh, it also happened uh, with russia during the first uh, few uh, first few weeks of ukraine uh, russia war so this is a major concern that whatever you download from the net unless you actually are very sure of the source or you have some way of testing the software in a sandbox environment before using it it's pretty dangerous yeah exactly so exactly so being a professor of one of the top institutions of india so you have been teaching many students so mm -hmm. what do you see in the common indians like are they cyber aware do they know that they are vulnerable to many threats how do you see that how much aware is indians regarding their no. digital security and privacy sir? oh so so students uh, when they come in they are not very aware but if they take some courses they may be become aware but then computer science students might actually get a chance to uh, take such courses other students from other disciplines they actually not necessarily are taking such courses so they are not so aware but again uh, this situation is um, uh, such that even in uh, companies and uh, psus and government entities we see uh, lack of awareness lack of uh, proper uh, protection uh, uh, you know lack of, lack of proper cyber hygiene so it's not only students in general in india the awareness of cyber security is very very low uh, and most of the time common people they actually get affected by cyber crime uh, 
not so much by the attacks that could actually jeopardize uh, your nation, national interest or national security. But then when it comes to uh, organizations such as power plants, ports, uh, airports, uh, airlines, uh, there the uh, attacks are happening from either from uh, hacker gangs uh, who are trying uh, to get some, extort some money from you through ransomware or from, from nation state attackers. And these attackers are very, very uh, uh, resourceful. Therefore, they can uh, they have a lot of research behind their, what they're doing and a lot of uh, development. So, so it's very difficult to protect systems from there. Common people, common students, they are, if they're not aware, they normally uh, get uh, uh, you know, uh, hit by cyber crime. Like for example, people often Google for a phone number, support line phone number. And then uh, there are actually uh, using search engine optimization and all other stuff. Uh, hackers put in false phone numbers. And when you call, they ask you to uh, download a software uh, on your machine to help you. But then uh, they will uh, actually compromise you and probably get money, from, extort money from you or, or actually steal money from you. There are cases where uh, uh, by doing that, you actually were full, got fooled into putting money into some bank account in uh, hope of getting return on your whatever uh, uh, money you that that you had you had used so therefore there are uh, there are cases uh, where cyber crimes are uh, uh, hitting common people more than cyber attacks uh, but uh, uh, for high value targets like the government entities government military Critical and infrastructures critical infrastructure. This is a big problem that the attack, attackers might be very highly resourceful and therefore uh, uh, without adequate preparation, awareness, uh, uh, proper uh, training, it's very difficult to stay uh, uh, you know, uh, away from such attacks. All right, sir. So my question is, sir, the, it's mm. different from whatever that you have said so my question mm. is whether the cyber war of about which we all keep talking about and about which the rumor keeps on moving mm. has the cyber war begun like are the are the states are sponsoring hackers to hack other states and other nations yes so so like uh, uh, as we, we have seen this a lot uh, uh, especially on targets in america and uh, uh, like for example, uh, in 2020, there was this solar wind attack, and uh, the uh, investigations point to the Russian uh, uh, state state-sponsored uh, hacker group. Uh, it's the uh, adverse advanced persistent threat group called APT28. Uh, we have seen uh, the uh, uh, other cases where uh, you know the Ukrainian. Uh, attacks on Ukrainian power grid by the Russians in 2016 uh, and 2015. Uh, we have seen attacks on Saudi Aramco uh, oil and gas pipeline uh, from uh, Iranians. Uh, we have seen attacks on Iranian uh, uh, plants by uh, other countries. Uh, we have seen uh, uh, during the recent the ongoing Ukraine-Russian war, we are seeing a lot of attacks on Ukraine some on Russia by hacktivist group like Anonymous. 
uh, we are seeing also attacks on the uh, on on the uh, on the on uh, uh, us but we also saw uh, like in 2020 early 2020 we saw uh, that uh, 21 actually the uh, we saw that uh, uh, an american company called recorded futures they found that uh, 10 facilities in india eight power and two ports they were sending uh, uh, information to command and control servers linked to china and uh, earlier this year also we found that uh, similar attacks uh, to the similar by seemingly from similar chinese related groups were happening for many other state uh, load dispatch centers uh, related to power infrastructure in northern, northern india including including uh, uh, in in the uh, uh, in in uh, lay so so there are uh, ongoing cyber wars at a uh, at a level that is not boiling over yet but it can boil over any time especially if there is a re uh, real world conflict chances are then they attack so attackers are the nation state attackers are positioning themselves uh, rather than you know doing the attack on a very uh, on a large scale it seems that uh, so there is a very uh, interesting book on this and uh, uh, by um, uh, this new york time cybersecurity journalists uh, and uh, in the, the title of the book is about uh, kind of uh, i paraphrase that uh, this is how the world will end and uh, basically uh, the whole book is about uh, you know how people are using vulnerabilities the marketplace for vulnerabilities are used to buy zero day attacks uh, zero day exploits zero uh, zero click export exploits uh, by nation states and groups related to the various nation states uh, what we call advanced persistent threat groups so yeah so the attack is, the the war is on the question is whether the war is uh, uh, flaring up or not that depends on the situation on the ground so uh, when we had the uh, skirmish uh, at the border with china uh, in the summer of 21 we saw more activities than uh, we are seeing maybe today so so things can go uh, really south uh, in case of a, a, a real armed conflict in case uh, because people have already positioned themselves they have uh, uh, they have compromised many of our systems and any for any nation lot of systems are compromised but they're trojans they are waiting for command from their uh, uh, command and control servers and things can actually uh, avalanche from that, that uh, if uh, real conflicts happen or diplomatic uh, impasse happens all right sir so you being a professor you mu you must have guided hundreds of students you have mentored many students on cyber security topics you yourself have patents under your name you have done your own research. So uh, what do you see India? Like, do India has the potential to fight back a cyber war? What potential do you see in India in terms of cyberspace, in, in terms of its security, in terms of its private privacy? Well, I uh, I think we are still not very up to the mark in terms of protecting against a cyber full scale cyber war, uh, you know, launched by uh, 
very uh, cyber, uh, uh, you know, cyber active uh, nation states such as China or Russia or even United States. Things are getting better. Government is taking cybersecurity a lot more seriously today than it was two years ago, three years ago. So things are improving, but it is a long way to go. Uh, one uh, uh, mis misconception we often hear uh, that uh, Indians are very good in bug bounty space. So if you go to uh, Facebook, Google, uh, Microsoft, uh, or any other bug bounty hall of fame, you'll see a lot of Indian names. But uh, you will no, uh, notice that those bug bounties are mostly related on the web space, mostly web space or Android uh, application, etc. Uh, but to protect against cyber attacks, uh, we need a lot more, uh, you know, knowledge, a lot more uh, strategy, a lot more uh, architects, uh, you know, more uh, robust system architectures in place. Those are not something that you can do with the box bounty hunters because this requires a deep knowledge of uh, systems, networks, uh, you know, all the way to like uh, physical layer uh, uh, devices, physical layer signaling uh, in communication, uh, satellite communication, uh, GPS systems. Uh, it requires uh, uh, understanding of critical infrastructure security or uh, Operational technology in uh, in uh, in you know critical industries like power system, uh, nuclear plants, uh, even water treatment plant, gas oil uh, oil pipeline, etc. There things are pretty uh, much uh, in infantile stage uh, compared to many other countries, especially United States and Israel, for example, uh, or even European Union. So we have a long way to go. So, uh, but uh, things are moving in positive directions in the uh, last few years. A uh, lot of ministries are taking cybersecurity seriously, building task forces specific to that particular sector. So we work a lot with the power sector, for example, uh, or telecom sector. Uh, uh, also, uh, we are seeing uh, movements uh, at the national level. Uh, some states are also taking cybersecurity seriously. They're having their own uh, computer emergency response teams and uh, uh, cyber uh, security incident uh, response uh, team and, and so on and so forth. So, so we are seeing improvements, but uh, we have a long way to go and uh, we need a lot more manpower. And uh, this manpower, uh, there is one thing, offensive security that bug bounty hunters do, but the defensive security, we need a lot more manpower and a lot more uh, education opportunities in, in that field and a lot of more uh, uh, faculty uh, who are, uh, you know, expert in this so that they can train more people. So we need a lot more of that. But yeah, I mean, uh, we are right now in my, at least as far as I can tell, we are not ready. Yes, sir. even I have seen that from last four or five years, cybersecurity as a, as a skill is being given by many of the training companies earlier if you want to do any technical course there used to be android c or any other programming language mm -hmm. but from last four or five years many of the training companies are also providing cyber security as a career so cyber security right. as a subject as a career is being spread is being uh, spreading uh, a lot from four to five years and during the pandemic Correct. when everything got 
digital that cyber mm. security education is just a click away if i have a laptop yeah. i can gain any knowledge right. so coming to what our podcast is centered to of an year back an app name was very spread away on twitter on facebook on instagram that government of india is using an app against the civilians of india against the citizens of india the app name was pegasus so what was the reality of pegasus sir what was its back back end architecture was it really used against us if yes then for what sort of purposes if not then why that rumor was so pumped up what pegasus actually was well it is uh, impossible for me to be sure whether it was used or not because uh, there is a whole supreme court uh, monitored investigation ongoing so we cannot say whether it was used or not but uh, uh, there has been a number of uh, people journalists and so on who have been uh, uh, attacked by uh, pegasus so uh, the, the, their phone images were sent to uh, amnesty labs and they confirmed that they had uh, pegasus in their on their phone so that uh, people made correlations like you know uh, these are very uh, specific kind of people with a specific kind of agenda so therefore people suspected that uh, this might have been used and this is this is an international story because uh, it has been found to be suspected uh, to be used by saudi arabia by france by germany uh, many other countries uh, in the same kind of way so so obviously uh, that riled up the uh, people because in you know without warrant you cannot do certain things uh, you know as far as legal uh, legalities are concerned so obviously you know if it was done then there would be uh, problems with respect to uh, you know legal uh, uh, methods for surveillance uh, legal method for monitoring uh, usually you need a warrant or something to do this but uh, uh, if there was warrant against the people on who, on whose phone this was found uh, then the question is where is the warrant etc so those are there some of the questions and then it became political so when it uh, when politics gets involved then uh, obviously things get pumped up uh, especially by the media so uh, so a lot of it has to do with the politics of uh, the thing but in any case this uh, nso group has now uh, uh, has now been under uh, scanner uh, by a lot of countries uh, apple and google they have uh, Uh, they have actually um, sued them in the united states courts uh, there are governments who have banned them or uh, actually reprimanded them uh, so so this thing has become a international uh, political uh, nightmare so so we cannot tell whether it was used or not as of now we'll have to wait for the supreme court's uh, committee to come out with their uh, uh, their their uh, findings but uh, uh, but it is uh, pretty dangerous this kind of uh, attacks on um, you know this kind of tools actually there has been calls for moratorium on this kind of tools these are basically uh, you know uh, 
uh, weapons weapons uh, basically cyber cyber vulnerability weaponized uh, by certain companies for profit so this is something that needs to be uh, uh, considered in in the in view of the uh, ethics of computer science ethics of cyber security moralities and legalities so this is a difficult uh, subject to speak on uh, really frankly so let's leave it at that sure sir. you just spoke about pegasus software so can we say that it was like a spyware app yeah so so it is a spyware actually so uh, uh, the, it, it it is a particularly uh, powerful spyware there are spyware which are just used to uh, you know get uh, data from your computer or get your key uh, put a key logger and send your keystrokes to the command and control server etc but uh, this was uh, was kind of an all in in encompassing uh, spyware so it is a it is a uh, spyware on steroid to say to, uh, to uh, characterize it yeah so when this uh, name pegasus came into picture all around the social media and everywhere people came out of the concern that their privacy will be compromised their data will be compromised their data will be shared with the government but what mm-hmm. i think sir it's my uh, point of view that even if i am on to some social media if i am on to some online platform i have already made myself vulnerable to many cy- unknown cyber threats right because mm-hmm. i have already linked my google account with that if i have yes Uh, if i have linked my google account with that so my google images is linked with that my gmail is linked with that my google calendar is linked mm-hmm. with that my google drive entire thing if i am using an android mm-hmm. phone i am already open to google google has all right. my data right sir so this this will be wrong to say that if i am making something online if i am digitally online somewhere available somewhere mm. then i am not sharing my data right sir because mm. our data more specifically more particularly users data is being used by company to make revenue mm-hmm. right sir so coming okay. to coming to cloud security the newer version mm. of storing our data the newer version the latest version for keeping our backups how secure is Uh, uh, you know c- cloud backups like how secure is google drive yeah yes yeah so so google drive uh, basically uh, it depends on what's in your service level agreement when you sign up for a google drive right so you have to see very carefully what is written in there but uh, in general google himself can uh, read everything that you put on google drive uh, what what google guarantees is that it will not share it with anybody else but uh, but then uh, we normally don't read the fine prints in the agreement right so we just click uh, agree and on all that stuff but google can read the information unless you encrypt it yourself and then upload it but very few us uh, very few of us do that right so so the the, the data is completely uh, you know uh, open for google to read even if google uh, encrypts it for saving it from others google has the encryption key in that case and they have the data so so the so keeping your data in the cloud like uh, google or uh, uh, microsoft uh, onedrive or other places 
you are basically uh, keeping uh, not keeping the data that means that that particular data is not that that private if the data is that private you wouldn't put it into the cloud uh, or you will put it into the cloud after encrypting it yourself where the key to key of the encryption is with you and in which case the google cannot read it uh, but the question about what you were initially saying that uh, you know, we ourselves put out a lot of our private information in the social media uh, the, and versus what happens in a spyware, I would say that it's a, it's a matter of question of agency, right? So who has the agency to uh, do something with my data? In, in, in one case, when I put data on my Facebook, uh, Facebook page or uh, wherever, YouTube or what, wherever, I, I have the agency. I, I am the person who is uh, who uh, can wish or or do not wish to do uh, the put that data out there. Whereas in case of a spyware, I lose my agency, right? So this is a very important uh, concept that I uh, somebody is taking away my agency. It's my right to have the agency, and if somebody takes out takes away that uh, right, then it's not. It's basically is a uh, is a crime. So therefore, uh, the question of uh, cyber attacks versus uh, you know uh, putting your information out there. Although uh, I have to say that many times we um, uh, make a mistake by putting so much information on on the uh, uh, on the social media because social engineering is a one big way of cyber crime. Uh, cyber criminals find uh, information about us. Our likes and dislikes and other things and then accordingly do send phishing email or stalking or many other cyber stalking or whatever they want to do they can do it because we put such information so so it's we we, we might be misusing our agency to actually uh, put that information out and we should be more aware and more careful about what we put out but uh, but spyware actually takes away the agency completely so that's a very different thing yes sir like if i if i have some spyware on my phone all my photos all my otps everything yeah. will be gone it will be just like my phone has been cloned virtually to the attacker's device right yeah so 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 one particular attack that is happening uh, one of my relatives uh, he got a malware on his phone to phishing or something and then the, they copied all his uh, contacts and all his pictures and everything and then they started sending messages to those contacts that the victim um, by naming the victim and giving his picture because they have the access to his, his uh, picture they're saying that this guy uh, owes me money and uh, since he's not giving me the money you give you as his contact should give me the money right now this is very embarrassing for the victim because a lot of people are not even going to ask him they would think that this guy is in a dire state and uh, and, and he is unable to uh, uh, pay back his loans and these loan amounts that they show are very small so so this is cyber harassment uh, uh, and uh, also uh, you know cyber crime but uh, uh, so, so in this case, the guy did not put that information on Facebook or anything. His agency was robbed of uh, him uh, by by putting a, a spyware onto his phone. Yes, sir. even I remember fake Facebook profiles were made 
and mm-hmm. they made they made the same friends as of the real account and they send them right. request that please send me 5000 10000 the amounts were very lower that one can afford to send and uh, won't yeah. won't really yeah, think so. that this is not coming from a trusted source so right. yeah cyber hygiene is that uh, should be the topmost priority for everyone for every common citizens that should be inculcated right. so any uh, can you give us any two or three uh, you know cyber threats that we yeah. are common people are vulnerable to so one of the thing that very uh, like common people who are not so aware is is uh, you know social engineering through which your uh, uh, credentials uh, otp etc can be stolen right so for example uh, i got a call uh, a few weeks ago somebody said saying that you know your uh, credit card is uh, getting uh, suspended for 6 months and uh, i can uh, i am calling from the credit card and i can fix it if you say if you say tell me the otp on your phone right and uh, the reason uh, obviously i realize that this is uh, obviously a fake call but but the, the reason is that the credit card uh, um, the credit card i have allows you to log in by just using your credit card number and an otp so uh, so if the attacker uh, uh, and credit card number knowing somebody's credit card number is easy so the now they have to just fool the person to get the otp right so so this kind of uh, thing that that uh, you know social engineering one has to be very very careful about social engineering um, falling victim to social engineering so not trusting calls from unknown sources saying that they represent your bank represent your Uh, uh, even social media account or any any such thing and they have to basically refuse to give any information on phone especially otps or or, or pin codes etc the other thing that one has to be uh, so i hear a lot about the account takeover on facebook and other places uh, i think that that uh, is uh, many times because they don't turn on the two factor authentication so facebook and all they all have two factor authentication which you can enable so uh, guessing your password is often easy but doing both the factors is lesser chance that the attackers will be able to get both the factors so so i think that is something that one has to be careful about password hygiene is very important that you know you have to create passwords that are not very simple or related to anything that you have information about on the social media right it has to be completely different and it should have all those other things like so many uh, numbers characters uh, uh, special characters etc but even then it's not that difficult uh, you know often to guess it because we are humans and we form, form uh, our so, uh, passwords based on our you know whatever we are more uh, familiar with and so on so people can still guess so two factor authentication is a must uh, for for uh, for any account which you need protection like you know uh, social media bank account bank account is normally requires two factor these days but any other other uh, account that you have you have to have two factor authentication the other thing is obviously be careful about what click uh, what links you click what uh, pictures or or what files or pdf files etc you download uh when when you get an uh, email from uh, even from known sources you better call the person if you find that some email has come from somebody that you know 
you better call before you click on the link or download the stuff on your machine so getting um, being aware of phishing or smishing or wishing or various other forms of phishing uh, being aware of that is very very important and also use of antivirus on your on your on your machines uh, and uh, don't use pirated anti antivirus and uh, similarly turning the firewall on on your on your machine uh, these are some of the basic hygiene one has to maintain at least at the very least correct sir it is it is us who make ourselves vulnerable to attackers we don't know what we correct. are putting up online and we are leaving our digital footprints there that are uh, like quite very dataful to the attackers i have also seen many students i am a finally a student a computer mm -hmm. science engineering students sir and i have seen many of my friends that they say i am very cyber aware i know all the cyber security stuffs and all i do not open attachments from unknown emails and all but yeah i use pirated antivirus i use kaspersky mm -hmm. i use no other but i use the pirated one so there it mm -hmm. ends up all so yeah that was also i had i wanted to talk to you it was great talking to you sir and Thank you so much for giving me your valuable time, sir. And I hope sure. connecting with you very soon again. All right, all right. Good luck with your studies, and and uh, see you later.